Another frost threatens the start of the Brazilian harvest season. Nature does not seem to want to give Brazil a break. After a devastating black frost in July 2021, which contributed greatly to a rise in global coffee prices, another drop in temperatures forecast for May 16 threatens coffee production in central Brazil. Brazil is the biggest producer of coffee. When a natural disaster occurs in this country, it affects the global coffee market. Stir reported that the frost in July of 2021 hit up to 65% of the crop area. Brazilian agronomists coined the term black frost, which refers to prolonged cold weather below minus 2 or minus 3 degrees Celsius, combined with the effects of winds and humidity. The problem with severe frost is that it often damages the trees so deeply that they have to be pruned extensively, or even torn out and replaced by new trees. These, in turn, need around three years to begin producing cherries. According to Progressive Farmer, another frost may occur in the next few days. Brazil had been experiencing favorable weather conditions for many of its crops, including coffee, prior to this forecast. Consequently, production estimates were good. The rainy season in Brazil usually lasts until April, followed by the dry season until September. In contrast to March 2021, when the drought already began in the beginning of the month, there was considerable rainfall throughout March 2022. Positive production estimates however, have fallen. Recent weather patterns are displaying a potential drop in temperature that could lead to a new frost. La Nina's cold temperatures may reach farther into Brazil than the previous year. According to the progressive farmer, this can lead to increased frost risks for the southern states of Mato Grosso do Sul, Parana, and the Rio Grande do Sul. Sometimes, the depth of the cold is enough to penetrate up into southern Mato Grosso, Goiás, and Minas Gerais as well. Last year, drought and recent frost events have devastated Brazil's coffee crop and have curbed the growth potential for the country's coffee crop for the next two years, according to Bar Chart, an investment news site. Brazil's 2021 Arabica coffee production fell from 48.8 million bags in 2020, down to 31.4 million, a drop of 36%. Barchart reported that the USDA's FAS forecast Brazil's 2021-22 coffee exports would tumble by 27% year-over-year, to 33.2 million from a record 45.67 million bags in 2020-21. Brazil's coffee export council, Sucafe, reported on April 11 that Brazil's green coffee exports fell by 6% in March to 3.6 million bags. Colombia, the world's second-biggest Arabica producer fares even worse as its March coffee production fell by 13%, to 914,000 bags. Due to the newest frost risk and concern about tighter global coffee supplies, global coffee prices have already increased. Ghana sets its sights on increasing coffee production by more than 300% to boost exports. Every year, the West African country produces approximately 10,000 tons of coffee for the domestic market. The Ghanaian governmental organization, Ghana Cocoa Board, Cocobod, which is responsible for the oversight of the country's cocoa production, also regulates coffee. Their website states their goals, which include assist in the development of the cocoa, coffee and shea nut industries of Ghana. Cocobod recently announced that they want to see an increase in coffee production. It claims that coffee may thrive in the same conditions as cocoa and can even be planted in cocoa-growing areas.
Choosing your planting strategy is crucial to the success of intercropping cocoa. More than 600,000 coffee seeds will be distributed by CocoaBot to farmers. By doing so, the board believes that it will be able to increase crop production from 10,000 to 50,000 tons each year. Compared to cocoa, which provides a significant contribution to the country's GDP, Ghana's coffee business is largely undeveloped. The country has an eye on the coffee industry, which is valued at around $100 billion on a global scale. Ethiopia and Uganda produce the majority of Africa's coffee, which is mostly exported and processed outside the continent. Ghana's government has stated that it intends to add value to the commodity by assisting farmers in the processing of coffee before exportation. Their goal of 50,000 tons per annum, if reached, would bring them in line with the production from Kenya. Increasing fertilizer prices force Vietnamese coffee farmers to turn to other crops. The ongoing war in Ukraine has affected the global fertilizer supply, among other commodities that keep the world going. Fertilizer prices have gone up in many countries, forcing governments and farmers to implement various strategies. The Kenyan government, for example, has distributed subsidized fertilizer to coffee farmers in an effort to increase both yield and quality and sustain its coffee industry. In Vietnam, local authorities have been urging farmers to intercrop for some years, both for the agricultural benefit and for the natural price hedging strategy this provides against a negative price movement of any single crop. The Phnom Penh Post reports that intercropping fruit and other plants in coffee orchards offers higher and steady incomes for farmers in Vietnam's Tay Nguyen Central Highlands region, according to the Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Development's Plant Cultivation Department. The additional crops include durian, avocado, black pepper, cashew, and macadamia. Lately, coffee farmers in Vietnam have been resorting to intercropping due to rising fertilizer prices. Belarus, Russia, and Ukraine are all important fertilizer exporters, but the war has caused the prices to soar. South China Morning News, SCMN, reports that coffee growers in top producer Vietnam are planting more profitable crops like avocados, black pepper and durians, which is helping them cope with the soaring fertilizer and fuel costs caused by the war in Ukraine. Despite the extra income from supplemental crops, farmers still have to cut back on investment in their coffee trees. Nguyen Nam Hai, the new chair of the Vietnam Coffee and Cocoa Association, said this might lead to a 10% drop in production, compared to the same time window one year earlier. Vietnam is the biggest producer of Robusta coffee, a variety considered to be of lesser quality. In spite of that, authorities have been creating programs to help farmers increase the quality of their coffee, including the Vietnam Sustainable Agriculture Transformation VNSAT, project. Some projects focus on intercropping. According to Phnom Penh Post, intercropping produces a diverse range of agricultural products, creates jobs, improves farmers' incomes, reduces the risk of price and demand fluctuations, and stabilizes coffee production, according to the department. It also provides shade for the coffee trees, reducing evaporation, and shelter from winds. Corresponding to the program, 
many farmers have replaced their old trees with new ones, increasing quality and quantity in the process. Farmer Nguyen Van Song also attested to the improvement of the soil. He also stated that farmers could avoid depending completely on one kind of crop and be at the mercy of market price fluctuations. Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz says he's going to make Starbucks an NFT business sometime before the end of this calendar year. Schultz, who some have likened to the villain in a horror movie that, no matter how many times you shoot him, keeps coming back for one more swipe with the axe, announced the move at an open partner forum, which was recorded and shared on Twitter. In the 1980s, Starbucks began selling brewed coffee and espresso beverages rather than coffee beans and equipment. This pivot was to prove a prescient and astute move by Howard Schultz. Here's the growth story in a nutshell. The company opened its first store outside the United States in 1987 in Vancouver, Canada. When the company went public in 1992, it had surpassed 100 locations. In 1996, the company operated 1,000 stores, by 2005, it operated 10,000, and by 2020, it operated 16,742 stores in eight countries. Schultz is now planning to reinvent the company again? But his NFT strategy has not been thought through. NFT stands for non-fungible token and has been widely promoted as a platform for investments, which we will cover later, and has been embraced by young digital natives. I have huge respect for Howard Schultz. But on this topic, I've been listening to him and his executive team talk, and they are clearly in the dark about the technology, which they say will be the foundation of the new company. In particular, they make an ill-advised claim that blockchain and sustainability go together. Watch the video in the article on Bar Talks, in which one of their own engineers challenges that. The engineer is partially right. Blockchain based on Bitcoin's model is the exact opposite of sustainability. In fact, maintaining the blockchain consumes more electricity than the whole of Argentina. But it was, in fact, architected to be that way, there are other blockchain models that can be more sustainable. The point is that the execs at Starbucks have no idea how to answer his question, which indicates the company is not making decisions based on research, but moving with their gut. This isn't necessarily bad, and actually impressive that such a large business is willing to make risky entrepreneurial decisions. I do have a concern over NFTs in general, which is an area in which many young people are involved, and many of them are likely to lose money buying worthless assets. The market for NFTs is already starting to crash, and I'm not sure it was a good idea for Starbucks to link their brand to the concept. Most NFTs operate as a pyramid scheme. You're welcome to disagree with me on that statement but you'd be wrong. The clue is even in the name, non-fungible, i.e. you cannot exchange this thing for money. There is a lot of confusion over what an NFT is, and the Starbucks marketing team even got it wrong when they tried to explain it, so let me sum it up with an example. If you buy a physical painting, say a nice Rembrandt, then you own a real object, which you hang on the wall. It is the only one of its kind. You own a unique physical thing with enforceable legal rights. But this is not what happens when you purchase an NFT. When you purchase, for example, the NFT of a bored ape, what you actually own is the transaction on the blockchain, which is like owning a receipt to the thing, and not the thing itself. In fact, when it is sold on to the next buyer, courts in the US are examining what the legalities are of owning an earlier receipt. 
Remember a new receipt is recorded on the blockchain each time the asset is sold. So, to be crystal clear, an NFT is a digital receipt to something that you don't own, which has no intrinsic value, and which can only make money if you can convince someone to pay more for this worthless receipt than you paid yourself. This is practically the definition of a pyramid scheme. Standing out in the crowd. Let's face it, an individual Starbucks outlet isn't anything special. Their main assets are their brand and their scale. This feels like an effort to differentiate itself from increasing competition and attract some of the cool mojo of the young audience that is a staple customer of the company's sugary beverages. In the announcement, Starbucks referred to itself as a third place, which I actually kind of like. This is what they say about it on their website. The essence of the third place has always been the feeling of connection and belonging it provides. But in the hyper-digital era that we live in, the community connection that Starbucks has always created is equally powerful as we extend the third-place connection wherever customers experience Starbucks. On the same blog post, the company tries to explain their vision to transform the business from a regular community to a wider digital community. What if Starbucks could create a new, global digital community, a community defined by collaboration, experiences, and shared ownership, all centered around coffee to start, and then perhaps expanded into many of the areas Starbucks has played in over the years as a coffeehouse, art, music, books, and beyond. Their idea is to attribute some value to the NFTs by giving the owner access to rewards and special perks. But although they repeatedly refer to ownership, if they follow the NFT model, you won't own anything other than a digital receipt that gives you access to these as yet defined, special experiences. Besides, they already have a well-received, and polished rewards app, so I don't understand how this NFT on a blockchain is going to deliver anything new. I'd like to pose an alternative question. What if Starbucks went back to basics and made better coffee, improved the work environment for their employees so that they could achieve higher staff retention, and build community through actual conversations in-store, the old-fashioned way? I think Schultz has some good ideas, like the third place, capitalizing on the broader brand assets, like music and art. It can all feed into a cultural identity which might, if they get it right, resonate with their audience and provide a key differentiating factor. World of Coffee Milan 2022 opens registration for visitors. World of Coffee is finally back in the event space, as it welcomes visitors in person for the first time in three years. Organized by the Specialty Coffee Association, SCA, World of Coffee is one of Europe's famous trade shows that take place annually in different parts of the continent. This year, it will be held at the Milano Convention Center, in Milan, Italy, from the 23rd to June 25, 2022. Sponsored by BWT Water, the event will be attended by more than 200 coffee and hotel, restaurant and catering industry suppliers, where they will exhibit their products and services to coffee enthusiasts. Visitors can expect to see new features that have been added to the show, such as five World Coffee Championships encompassing the following, World Latte Art, Coffee in Good Spirits, Cup Tasters, Coffee Roasting, and more. The event will also show the following areas of interest, Coffee Design Awards, Best New Product Competition and Display, SCA Lectures and Workshops, Cupping Rooms, The Roaster Village, and New for 2022, a Green Coffee Buyers and Sellers Program. SCA Chief Executive Officer, Yanis Apostolopoulos said. What a better place to reunite and reconnect after three years than the birthplace of the espresso. 
Thanks to the ongoing support from our dedicated sponsors, exhibitors, visitors, the Italian coffee community, and volunteers, World of Coffee returns with much-loved and brand-new features when we visit Milan next month. Looking through the exhibitor list, we're pretty excited to meet so many companies across the entire spectrum of the industry, from the top espresso equipment companies to coffee traders. I think this will be an event to make, if you can. Dubbed as the birthplace of espresso, Italy is more than befitting for the event. However, it wasn't originally set in Italy, but at the PTAK Convention Center, in Poland's capital Warsaw. 100% of the proceeds generated from World of Coffee ticket sales will go to Ukrainian coffee businesses and professionals.